All right, guys. Awesome word for you this morning. So, man, I I've been I've been I've been doing some some things with the ministry here, which have really caused me to have to stretch my faith. And the Lord has shown me some things um, that I didn't, I never even really thought about before. And so I want to share with you guys um, what the Lord has been really hammering inside of me. Listen, guys, we are called to the impossible. You are called to do the impossible. Okay? And this is this is an amazing journey. God has not called us to, to live life in the pew. He's called us to live impossible lives. And and faith is critical, for the righteous shall walk by faith. So you have to examine your life. Take a look at your life right now and say, Man, am I really walking in faith? Or am I walking in coincidence and happen chance and am I calling it God? Okay, I don't believe fate is God. Okay, the, the, the scriptures are always very clear. Every time God speaks, then it's required that they believe before it happens. Then, the, so the people hear God's voice and then they act upon it in faith, even though it seems impossible. And then it happens. Never do you see, um, rarely do you see uh, in the scriptures that. Something happened, and then they said, oh, well, that must have been God. You no, know, the people of God hear God first, then act in faith. And those people were called the men of great faith. All right? So we have got to get to the point where we aren't just living life and then becoming super spiritual or like, well, everything is God. No, God has to speak to you. You have to respond in faith. Act upon it before you see it happen. And that's faith. Faith is always believing something you cannot see. So the righteous shall walk by faith. So ask yourself, am I walking in the unknown? Am I walking in a place of risk? Am I walking in a place that if God doesn't come through, then I'm sunk? You have to ask yourself that. If you're not walking in the, in, in the realm of, man, if God doesn't come through right now, then I'm sunk. Then you're... you're, you're, you're living a dangerous life of not walking in faith. God has called you to the impossible. So if it's hard for you to do something because it takes faith, then do it. It's probably what God wants you to do, all right? You need to hear the voice of God. God's calling you to a place of trusting him. So if you're never growing, you won't, you won't be growing if you, if you are entering into that unknown place. All right, so um, <clears throat> we're talking about spiritual gifts and things like that, you know, uh, about operating supernaturally, words of knowledge, speaking in tongues, um, words of wisdom, prophetic giftings, healings, uh, signs and wonders, which nobody ever really talks about, which we're going to talk about today. Um, basically, these miraculous, a miraculous lifestyle. Um, God has called us to this. There, there are so many people in the scriptures that they live this life. Um, of supernatural uh, lifestyle, and it's happening across America right now, and 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 uh, you know God is doing amazing things in us. We we always want to look at the third world countries for so long. We say, man, the miracles happened over there, but they're not happening over here. But that's that's enough. Enough. We've got to say no to that, man. We've got to ask why. Why aren't we seeing these things here? 
you know, and, and, and they are happening here, but a lot of us aren't operating in them. And so the truth is God wants to invade the earth and bring glory uh, to his kingdom and bring glory to his son and, and, and to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and every time something miraculous happened, it always brought something, brought glory to God. And so that's what we've got to be about. It's not about doing the signs and wonders just so we ha get to see a cool parlor trick. It's about doing the signs and wonders so that God gets glory, so his kingdom is advanced, so that people's mouths are shut and they have no excuse when they see a miracle. That's the point, guys. We've got to get to the point where we are with no more semantics and no more, <clears throat> no more apologetics. Man, I'm done apologizing. I'm done uh, trying to make excuses for why my God exists. And, and no, God does exist. And I'm going to show it to you, just like Elijah did when he had a showdown with the fire coming down from heaven, guys. We can do this. This is, this is, but it takes faith and faith comes by hearing. So a lot of us, we're not operating in this. So how do we get there? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share the word of God with you to help us start operating in this. Zach, no, he's not there hundred percent. I'm not, I don't see these things happen all the time. I've seen a lot, but not near to the level I want to see it. Not near to the level that I want um, God to show out and, and move through his people. So the only way we get there is not by shutting our mouth when we don't see miracles. It's by preaching the word of God, even when you don't see the miracles. So that's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk to you about <clears throat> signs and wonders. I'm going to talk to you about how nothing will be impossible for you. So <clears throat> first of all, you need to see, you need to search through the scriptures, go through the gospels. And if you look through the gospels, you will never find Jesus talking about spiritual gifts. What I mean by that, he will not verbalize, oh, that is um, a gift of healing, or oh, that was a gift of prophecy, or that was a gift of a word of, a, a gifting of a word of knowledge. Jesus didn't teach about spiritual gifts. What I mean by that is he didn't teach that these gifts are for some, and these gifts are for others, okay? And he also didn't say, oh, you're only going to operate in one, or you're only going to operate in three. He didn't say that. Jesus did not teach on spiritual gifts in the way that we are learning about them, okay? Jesus didn't talk about them. Now, he demonstrated every single one of them. He demonstrated all of them, but he didn't talk about it. And we have to figure out why. See, Jesus... When he when he was he's the great he's the greatest teacher that ever walked the planet and he never taught about spiritual gifts. What Jesus taught about was faith. And here's the thing: the teaching of faith is so shrouded in mystery, not because people can't find out the mysteries, because it says in the scripture that the Holy Spirit would come and reveal all truth to us. All the mysteries of God are found in Jesus Christ. So listen, you don't have to be in the dark. It's something that's accessible. Jeremiah says, if we'll seek God with all of our heart, we will find him. So here's the thing. It's about seeking him with all of our heart. We'll find these things. We'll find these mysteries. We'll find how to do it. But see, Jesus didn't teach about spiritual gifts. He taught about faith. Faith, the teaching of faith is not shrouded in mystery because it is a mystery. It's shrouded in mystery because people don't want to hear the truth. The teaching about faith is hard to swallow. People do not want to hear 
what Jesus told his disciples. And, and this is hard to teach because it offends people. And people leave the church and people, they, they don't want to hear it. And the reason why they don't want to hear it is because they're not true disciples of Jesus. Jesus looked at his disciples and told him very hard things. And disciples and the disciples decided that they loved Jesus more than they loved how they felt. They decided, I'm going to believe Jesus more than my own situation and my feelings and my emotions. And the disciples never left Jesus. Now, Jesus would turn around and look at his disciples, and there was hundreds of them. And he would look at them, and he'd tell them something really hard. And they would leave by the droves. See, Jesus was not interested in, in gathering crowds. Jesus was interested in changing lives with the word of God. And he didn't care if you believed what he believed or not. He didn't care if you agreed with him. He just spoke the truth. And people left. They didn't want Jesus requires that we sacrifice our lives. That we say, I don't want to um, <clears throat> live for myself anymore, but I want to live for him. And if that means that I have to shed my skin, if I have to shed my skin, my flesh, cut away my flesh to walk in the spirit, I will. So this is amazing, okay? Search the scriptures. You'll never find Jesus talking about spiritual gifts. He does them all. He demonstrates them all, but he doesn't teach about them. And the reason why he doesn't teach about them is because knowing who has them and who cannot have them doesn't help anybody. Jesus wasn't interested in that. He was interested in faith. He said one time in the scripture, he says, when the son of man returns, will he find anyone who has faith? So we've got to, we've got to focus on that right there. Okay, Faith without faith is impossible to please God. And there's different levels of faith. People have smaller faith than other than, than other uh, levels of faith. There's bigger faith, great faith, and then there's little faith. Jesus would look at people and tell them, oh, greater faith have I found in no one than, than this, in all of Israel. And he would talk about the the the, 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 the Roman, and he had talked about the, the, the lady who was, I can't remember off the top of my head where she's from. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, the uh, Syrophoenician woman. There we go. <clears throat> the Syrophoenician woman and the Roman uh, centurion, Jesus both looked at both of those guys and said, greater faith in all of Israel have I found than, than anyone in these guys. And he was marveled at their faith. So look, you can have small faith and you can have great faith. This is very clear in the scriptures. And, and many people, they use scriptures um, that Jesus talked about with a, with, with a mustard seed and they, they use it as an excuse to say, well, I don't have to have much faith. Man, golly, why would you want to live like that? I want to have great faith. Great faith. And Jesus was showing them that they didn't have enough faith. And he was saying, man, if you just even had the smallest amount of faith, you could see this happen. He was actually not telling them how to have faith. He was telling them that they didn't have faith. You know, So we're going to study some of these scriptures. It seems obvious that Jesus didn't think that talking about spiritual gifts and specially gifted people would actually help his disciples in operating in these in these giftings he was very clear that it take it took faith to do it so if you look at matthew chapter 10 jesus tells his disciples he says he says uh go out and proclaim as you're going saying the kingdom of god the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers cast out the demons and you receive without paying give without payment so this is matthew chapter 10 so they go out there and they heal all these people. 
and they cast all these demons out, and they come back and they say stuff like, uh, man, even the demons shudder. Even the demons shudder. And, the, and they are, even the demons are subject to our command. And then Jesus says, rejoice not in this, but rejoice that your names are written in the, in the Lamb's book of life. And so um, it's amazing, you know. Uh, God has so much planned for us, and we are living subpar Christian lives. All right, so check this out. Matthew chapter uh, 17. <clears throat> They're trying to cast out this demon in this boy. And, and Jesus comes down and... He casts a demon out of the boy. And if, if you actually, there's a couple different um, accounts here. Mark chapter 9 also gives an account for it. And whenever he comes down, the, the, the father says, I brought my son to your disciples and they cannot cast the demon out. And so Jesus says, bring the boy. And he goes, if you can, have mercy on me and my son. And Jesus says, if you can. All things are possible for one who believes. That's Mark chapter 9, verse 23. And this is, this is important. All things are possible for one who believes. Let's not sugarcoat this scripture, guys. Let's not sugarcoat it. All right, so <clears throat> later on, he casts a demon out, right? And the, and the disciples come up to him in, in Matthew chapter 17. And he says, they say to him in verse 9, why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, because of your little faith. And some translation says, because of your unbelief. So the father, remember, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. So you can actually have belief and unbelief. All right. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you, I want you to get that word right there. Jesus wants to tell you right now that nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. I'll say it again. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, if we get caught up on the first part where Jesus looked at his disciple and said, <clears throat> because of your little faith, and if the disciples had got offended by that, and said, man, Jesus says, I don't have any faith. I can't believe, I don't, can't believe he's saying I don't have faith. Man, I have faith. Matthew chapter 10, we've been casting out demons. We've been healing people. We've been raising the dead, da, 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 da. You know, they could, the disciples could have got real offended. Because, see, they did have faith. They were operating in faith. But in this scenario, Jesus told them, because of your little faith or because of your unbelief. So, we can't get offended. If we want to be true disciples of the Word of God, Matthew chapter 16 says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Man, I'm telling you what. Jesus has called us to lay our life down for him. That means we have to shed our skin. That means we have to say, man, enough of me and more of Jesus and more of what he says and not what I think. You know, the scripture in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 55, it says, for his ways are higher than my ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You know, people use that scripture all the time to say, well, so-and-so died of cancer, so God's ways are higher than our... No, stop it. Just stop it. Man, we got to stop it. That scripture is not talking about that. That scripture is talking about mercy. If you read that whole chapter, Isaiah 55, it's saying God's mercy is so great, he's going to extend it to the Gentiles. 
not just the, the Jews. He's talking about he's going to extend it to the Gentiles and people you don't know are going to come and become your people. And and so he says, but don't get upset about that. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. See, Jesus is uh, God, God's mercy is above our thinking. That's why whenever the man, the father comes, I mean, uh, yeah, the father of the son with the demon possessed boy, uh, uh, he says, Lord, have mercy on my son. God's ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So when we look at the boy flailing on the ground, oh, we're thinking, whoa. But God's thoughts are, are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And in my mind, I'm thinking this is impossible. But Jesus says nothing will be impossible. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. What he means by that is the things that are impossible for us are not impossible. They're impossible for me, but nothing's impossible for God. For I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Man, we've, do we believe our Bible? Ask yourself, man, do we believe it? If you don't, then you need to read it again and again and again and again because faith comes by hearing. Don't get discouraged if you don't have enough faith or if you have unbelief. Don't be discouraged. Press into God. Say, God, how can I do more for you? You know, what can I do? And, 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 and press in and get in this word. Let his word wash over you and transform the, and, and renew your mind. Man, it's exciting stuff. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at your life right now. And I want you to say to yourself, this thing right here that I'm thinking of is impossible. Think about the things that are impossible for you. Think about it right now. What is impossible for you? What is something you think you're supposed to be doing? Maybe it's tithing. Maybe God's calling you to give. Maybe you think that's impossible. Maybe, and, I, and, and some people, to some people, that's a big deal. You know, some people, um, sharing their faith is a big deal. They can't get out there and share the gospel. For some people, um, serving at a soup kitchen, you know, so speaking in front of people, standing up for what's right, you know, raising a family, having children. People think that a lot of things are impossible for them. Going to work 40 hours a week. You know, getting a job. Uh, I want you to take whatever's impossible. <clears throat> All right? Uh, and I want you to say, this thing right here is impossible for me. Okay? Or it seems impossible. Name it. Jesus says, nothing will be impossible for you. So, take the thing that is impossible... Now call it nothing. Say, tithing, it's nothing. It's nothing. Healing the sick, it's nothing. Raising the dead, it's nothing. Speaking in tongues, it's nothing. You need to start looking at your impossibility the way that Jesus does, and he says that it's nothing. Start looking at your impossibilities and looking at them the way that Jesus sees them because his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So look at your impossible situation, your impossible thing, the mountain in your life and say, it's nothing. And faith comes by hearing and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will profess. So you need to speak this thing. I believe, therefore I speak. The love of Christ compels us. We've got to get out there and start speaking the thing of God and stop believing the thing of self. Man, <clears throat> if you, I, I, we're talking about crazy things. Let me build your faith for a minute. <clears throat> I've, I've got here a whole list of impossible things that happen in the scriptures. For instance, Moses struck the rock and water came out of it. 
Elijah called fire down from heaven to prove that God was real. Now, many people don't want to do that. Don't test the Lord your God. They say that all the time. That's such a misquoted scripture. Jesus was in the, in, in, getting tempted, <clears throat> and he looked at it, and, and, and the devil tempted him and said, throw yourself off the temple. It says It says in the scripture the angel will pick you up, catch you. He says, don't test the Lord your God, right? But what he's talking about is in Deuteronomy where they tested the Lord their God when God said, don't do something. So you need to hear what God's telling you to do. And you don't, want to, you don't want to violate what God's told you not to do, okay? So Jesus heard the Father. He never did anything he didn't see the Father doing. And Jesus knew the Father didn't tell him to jump off the temple. So if he jumped off the temple just for, for whatever sake, and it was to violate scriptures or whatever, then it would actually hinder um, the move of God, and God would not have saved him from jumping off the temple, okay? So he knew the word of God. But in, 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 in the Old Testament, it says, test me in this. And see that I will not pour out my the treasures of my heavens, overflowing, right? Uh, I kind of botched that scripture up, but it's in, it's in I believe it's in Micah or Malachi, one of the two. Um, it talks about when we tithe, we give unto the Lord. Test the Lord in this. We are commanded to test God there. So you're supposed to test the word of God, all right? The word of God, the promises for your life, you're supposed to test those. The ones that are a curse, don't test those. If daddy says, don't go in the road or I'll smack your bottom, don't go on the road. But if, God, but, but if daddy says, hey, clean up your room and I'll give you a, some ice cream, then clean up your room. You see what I'm saying? You've got to test the Lord in the right ways and the promises of God, but don't test him in the curses, okay? All right, so <clears throat> it says right here that Elijah, he called fire down from heaven to prove God's existence. Uh, supernatural drought. Elijah prayed for supernatural drought. And James says that Elijah was a man just like us. And the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick man well. So he was saying that Elijah was a man just like us. Elijah was not specially gifted. He wasn't a special person. He was just like us, says in James. So Elijah called for no rain. He prayed to God and no rain. And then he prayed and then the rain came. All right. Uh, Elijah was fed by ravens. You know, you want to talk about God's supernatural provision? Man, nothing will be impossible for you. Um, Elijah, never-ending oil supply uh, with the widow. The resurrection of the widow's son. I didn't name any, besides the resurrections, I didn't actually name any healings in this list I have because healings are already miraculous and people um, are getting that. They, they understand healings from God, but what they don't get is that there's supernatural signs and wonders we can do too because nothing will be impossible for you. Man, Elijah resurrected the widow's son. Um, <clears throat> fire from heaven killed 50 men twice. They were coming to arrest him. Fire came down, <clears throat> burned them all up. That is in, uh, let me give you that scripture. First Kings 1. Actually, it's, it may be 2 Kings. Um, it's in the Kings, chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. Then Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind. Elisha, the parting of the Jordan. Uh, and so did... Uh, Let's see here. The parting of the Jordan. Elijah did it. Also, Elisha did the parting of the Jordan. Elijah was caught up in a whirlwind. Um, Elisha, the vessels of oil supernaturally filled again and again. Uh, Elisha also did a miracle. He purified stew that had gone bad. Uh, Elisha also performed the miracle of the bread. It was like the feeding of many people of an army, just like Jesus had, where he fed the 5,000. But Elisha actually did that too. 
He fed a bunch of people as well, miraculously. The axe head floated. The man was chopping down this tree and the axe head fell in the water and Elisha threw a log in the water and the log sank and the axe head floated. That's a supernatural sign and wonder. It was a prophetic sign too. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, let's see here. He smites, Elisha smites the Syrian army with blindness. They were looking for him. They, he, they all went blind and he led them back into the Israeli army camp and they got arrested right there. Elisha. Also, a man was resurrected by touching Elisha's bones. See, Elisha died. His bone, he rotted, and his bones were there. And a man who was dead fell on the bones of Elisha and rose again from the dead. Jesus turned water into wine. Um, he had the largest. He had a real large uh, fish catch at the beginning of the, of, the, of the ministry when he called his disciples. And then it happened again at the end of, the, of, of, of his walk with the disciples when he was ascend, about to be ascended. Um, he sees Nathan underneath the, uh, the tree. And that's, that's a, that's a word of knowledge right there. You know, he sees the coin inside the fish, you know, that's word of knowledge. Uh, calls the, he calms the storm a couple times. Uh, I believe he, he walks on water. He feeds 5,000. The girls with the demon, uh, possession was, was, was rescued. Feeding a 4,000. Boy possessed by a demon. Resurrection of Lazarus. Jesus sees the colt tied up. Tells his disciples, go get him. He cursed a fig tree. Oh man, watch this one. And following the day, this is Mark chapter 11. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing the distance of fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Wow. So he was coming up to the fig tree. He didn't even have figs on it because it wasn't even the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard it. Verse 20, as they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. All right, that's not fair, Jesus. The fig tree wasn't producing any fruit because it wasn't in season. Yet Jesus cursed the fig tree. All right. So here's his response. Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. He was teaching them about faith. Man, Jesus cursed the fig tree for one simple reason. He wanted to teach his disciples about faith. That's it. So, and, and I believe the second reason, Jesus wants us to bear fruit all seasons. Never, never again does he want us to not have fruit. But, but the first reason, he just wanted to teach his disciples have faith. Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, uh, whatever... Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, or no, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, um, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand, pray, praying, forgive, if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father is also in heaven, may forgive you of your trespasses. Jesus tells us how to do it right there. Don't doubt. There's a coin in a fish's mouth. He sees that. He, I already told you about that. Healing of the severed ear. I know that's a healing, but it's also a sign of wonder. that The ear fell off and he put it back on. That's just amazing. Again, uh, Samuel, I love this. Look, guys, we've got to get to the point where we, where we walk in faith. And whatever we say, we believe is going to happen. Nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing. Nothing. 
Jesus did not teach about spiritual gifts. He taught about faith. All right? Matthew 17 says, uh, nothing will be impossible for you. Uh, and I like this. Just take this scripture for you. And Samuel grew. And this is 1 Samuel 3.19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Daniel was established as a prophet of the Lord. We, guys, Samuel didn't even have the cross, man. We have the cross. We've entered a much deeper covenant than Samuel. We, when we go out, we would need to have faith and believe what Jesus said. Believe what Jesus said. Nothing will be impossible for you. The spiritual gifts, they're for people who have faith for them. The people who humble themselves. For God gives grace to the humble. And, 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 and we receive grace when we're humble. Operate in humility. You receive those giftings. Um, and believe the word of God and don't give up. You guys are awesome. Be blessed. I hope this word encourages you. You guys take care.